The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. You know this car? I know this car. How do you know this car? I definitely know this car. It's 1949 Buick Roadmaster Straight 8 Fireball 8. Only 8,095 production models. Dad lets me drive slow on the driveway, but not on Monday. Definitely not on Monday. Who's your dad? Sanford Babbitt. Sanford Babbitt? 10961 Beechcrest Street, Cincinnati, Ohio. That's my address. I mean, what is it with this guy? Hey, who's your mother? Eleanor Babbitt. Eleanor? Died January 5th, 1965 after a short... Who the hell are you? Uh-oh. Huh? Oh, wait a second. Where are you going? 13 minutes to Judge Wapner, the Wapner. people's court. Hold oh, on, wait a second here. I want to ask you a question. But you're a witness against the real participants are not... Hey, I'm talking to you. Case pending, California... Bruner, court. who is this guy? Raymond is your brother. My brother? I don't have a brother. I don't have a brother, the voice of Tom Cruise and, of course, Dustin Hoffman in the movie Rain Man. And it's one of uh, the movies of the 80s, the dramas of the 80s, uh, selected by Lisa Cannon, TV presenter, executive producer of Spotlight, in our Inside Hollywood slot. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Pat. Yes, a deep dive back into the 1980s dramatic movies. Best picture there, of course, won four Oscars and thankfully a best Oscar for Dustin Hoffman's performance, which was outstanding. Um, the the performance of Tom Cruise, though, was very good, too. It was excellent. I mean, when, when you look at Tom Cruise's career, and obviously he started with his Top Guns, you know, risky business, etc. Moving on into Rain Man in 1988 really solidified him as Hollywood royalty there and then, because the performance was excellent mm. and much, much work was done between Hoffman and Cruise for this particular performance. Yeah. Now, you better explain the scenario uh, how these two are brothers but don't know each other. Absolutely. Well, um, initially, of course, D- Dustin Hoffman has prepared extensively for this role. I mean, that's been very much documented a- across many, many magazines and-, and newspaper clippings over the years. But this compelling story is about two brothers that um, will only meet later in life because Tom Cruise is kind of that bullshit, you know, Wall Street type tycoon. Uh, he's losing his money, though, in fact, and he's on the edge. And of course, when he takes his father's car after the will, which he's left nothing, he realises that Dustin Hoffman is his brother who has, um, you know, autism. And of course, these outstanding performances... And he's a savant. I mean, he has very particular abilities. Absolutely. And Dustin Hoffman's character is actually based on uh, certain individuals with autism, particularly Kim Peake, who had an extraordinary memory and was known as a mega savant. So, you know, we've all seen the movie, I hope, where, you know, the toothpicks are dropped and he's able to memorise how many toothpicks are on the floor. He memorises phone books. I mean, it's incredible the memory um, that Dustin Hoffman portrays in this particular movie. But it not only kind of gave an impact on the public's perception of autism, but it also drew a portrayal of neurodiversity, of course, in cinema, because this had never really been done before. Um, the other movie that you want to focus on is Steel Magnolias. Again, the scenario here. Yeah, the scenario. So Steel Magnolias is an incredible movie. I, I actually saw it in the Gaiety moons ago. It's actually been turned into a play, but originally was based on uh, Robert Harling's own experiences about the death of his sister Susan. So she died, sadly, of complications to diabetes. And we see in the movie that, of course, Julia Roberts' character does exactly that. Now, it's it's come up to a big birthday. Steel Magnolia's incredible movie, but but particularly for me, this iconic monologue that uh, Sally Field exudes is beyond measure. So just watch your ears. She is screaming in this scene, but it's it's about heartbreak. It's about grief, and I suppose the the elements of of of, of desperation really. I'm fine. 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 I
<laughs> I can jog all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can She never could. Good. I'm so mad. I don't know what to do. I want to know why. I want to know why Shelby's life is over. I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Will he ever know what she went through for him? Oh, God, I want to know why. Why? Lord, I wish I could understand. No. 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 It's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first. I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take this. I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard. How do you even rehearse a scene like that? Well, this is it. And if you actually watch it back, there's amazing clips of her rehearsing that scene and she does it all in one take. Of course, the desperation of grief, like we said. Sally Field is one of my favourite actresses. And of course, there's a stellar cast in Steel Magnolias, Mm. Dolly Parton as well. Now, uh, we live in an age of franchises and, Mm. uh, you know, those brilliant movies come very seldom, it would appear. Looking back to the 80s, uh, Ordinary People, Terms of Endearment, The Killing Fields about Cambodia, Amadeus about Mozart, Out of Africa, The Colour Purple, Platoon, Room with a View, based on uh, Ian Forster's uh, novel, uh, Stand By Me, Children of a Lesser God, Broadcast News, Driving Miss Daisy, The Last Emperor, Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, E.T. Yes. Um, So many uh, great movies and one that caused a lot of controversy at the time, which uh, was great. Greed is good. Wall Street. Wall Street. If only I was able to put a third clip in. This is one of my favourite movies of the 80s, including Steel Magnolias and um, Rain Man. But really, this captures the essence of corporate greed and moral dilemmas in the 1980s. So we're way back in 1987 here with Charlie Sheen, of course, in the starring role. He's kind of the young Bud Fox. You know, he's ambitious. He's a stockbroker. And he prepared the role by spending time with real stockbrokers and immersing himself in the world of finance. And then Gordon Gecko, portrayed by none other than Michael Douglas. Um, This is a representation of kind of real life figures in the financial world, I feel. And, um, you know, Michael has often commented in Vanity Fair and other magazine features that this was one of his favourite movies ever to make. Um, There's also, of course, a cameo. It's not a cameo, it's a role, really. Uh, Martin Sheen is Charlie Sheen's real life father and he plays the role of Carl Fox. But there was an original ending that nobody liked. So if you want to know what it is. They tested the the ending with the, the punters in a test showing what was that ending? Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, if you know the movie, they come to loggerheads, the father and son. And uh, well, I suppose Bud Fox should go to jail. But the initial version of it, it is that. But audiences really responded negatively to it. So they had to opt for a more kind of uh, realistic and ambiguous mm. ending. Yeah. Now, now, Michael Douglas, the movies that he made, I mean, uh, Falling Down, which was a cracker of a movie about a man who's literally losing his mind yeah, on the <laughs> edge. Um Fatal Attraction. Well, there you go. Uh, you've hit the nail on the head there again. An incredible movie that scared every <laughs> male and female across <coughs> the globe. I mean, that that sense of terror between a man and a woman and the end of stalking that just ends in, in ultimate catastrophe is one of the most, I think, iconic kind of uh, dramatic mm. movies of the 1980s. I mean, you mentioned one there, Gandhi, you know, directed by Richard Attenborough. I mean, that's yeah. stunning. Won eight Oscars back in the day. So amazing. And, and uh, looking back at the highest grossing movies of the 1980s, and I, uh, you know, I was a bit maybe dismissive of franchises, but when you look at the top five here, 
Come on, tell us. Do okay, you, you so have we have there? E.T. at 1982. Okay, not a franchise. Not a franchise, of unique. course, but unique. I mean, that's going to be on this Christmas. If you've not seen it, get your tissues ready. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Highest grossing film of the decade, Steven Spielberg, in at 793 million worldwide. Um, and unsurprising, I know we haven't even touched on it in nearly the whole year I've been doing this segment, is Star Wars, which we will do. We will honour the Star Wars people. Um, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, 1983. That's in at 475 so million. That's part of a, a franchise, That's if you part like. of the franchise. And then Back to the Future. Another franchise. <laughs> another franchise, Robert Zemeckis, 381 million. Two science fiction movies, actually three science fiction movies in there. And then Batman. I loved this one with Michael Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson. Absolutely phenomenal movie. 411 million globally based on the DC comics. And of course, needless to say, if I'd room, if I this segment went on for 20 minutes, I'd put in Top Gun as well. Directed by Tony Scott. Um, action drama, of course. Three hundred. eventually became a franchise. With the Actually, which I thought the second one was nearly as good as the first. It was very I thought good. it was fantastic. 35 years later, Tom Cruise, there's no stopping him. So very there you good. go. Lisa Cannon, executive producer of Spotlight TV presenter. Thank you very much for joining us. Will the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.